You are listening to the podcast of the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. CBMW exists to promote the Bible's teaching on men, women, and marriage. Learn more at cbmw.org. The Nashville Statement is a confessional document released by CBMW in 2017. Since its release, the Nashville Statement has been signed by over 25,000 evangelical pastors, scholars, and leaders, as well as adopted and affirmed by evangelical churches and institutions across the world. In this podcast series, we are walking through each of the 14 articles of the Nashville Statement as we discuss the statement's biblical basis and ethical implications with Denny, who is one of the statement's principal authors. Today, we are tackling Article 5. I'm Colin Smothers, Executive Director of CBMW. My name is Denny Burke, and I'm the President of CBMW. Article 5 in the affirmation says this, We affirm that the differences between male and female reproductive structures are integral to God's design for self-conception as male or female. And then we deny that physical physical anomalies or psychological conditions nullify the God-appointed link between biological sex and self-conception as male or female. So we want to go at that first line first. Um, What we affirm is that the differences between male and female reproductive structures are integral to God's design for self-conception as male or female. I think there's some some terms we need to define in here. Um, reproductive structures. What we're talking about there is the fact that there is um, our bodies are organized for reproduction in a certain direction, either in a fathering way or in a mothering way. And we're just referring to those reproductive structures that are ordered in that way. And so that goes from your cellular structures all the way into your anatomical structures. So all the way from XX or XY uh, chromosomes to um, whether or not you have a womb. You know, we're, that's what we're talking about there when we say reproductive structures. All that is revealing God's design. And what we're saying is, is that that design of our bodies is integral or necessary to God's design for self-conception as male or female. Your body's design is telling you something true about yourself. Your, your body's design is male or female. Now, we live in a fallen world, and there are many things about our bodies that are not as they should be. Our bodies are fallen. Indeed, they're going to die. However, we know that God's design of male and female survives the fall. It's marred by the fall, but it's not erased by the fall. And we know that because God has, he commanded in Genesis 1 for the first man and first woman to be fruitful and multiply, which is predicated upon the reproductive structures of the male and the female. After Genesis 2, when you get into Genesis 3 and beyond, you have numerous times where God repeats the command again. And he says, be fruitful and multiply. So even after the fall, the creation mandate, which is predicated upon the, the differing reproductive structures of male and female, that, it's still in, in effect. And then you have um, another statement from the Apostle Paul reflecting back on these creation accounts. And Paul says, in the face of false teachers who were saying that um, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul's addressing these false teachers who are saying marriage is bad. And Paul says, no, everything created by God is good. And he's just referring back to the fact that in the, in the very beginning, God said that the differences between male and female are 
very good, right? So all of creation is good. And the male-female difference survives the fall because Paul is saying that they're still good. And he's writing his letter to these false teachers east of Eden in a fallen world. And so the goodness of these reproductive structures are what God intends and it's a part of his design. And what we're affirming is that what you think about yourself ought to match that design. Now, that's not to deny that some people might feel that connection between what they think about themselves and what their bodies reveal. Some people may feel that actually to be broken. We don't deny that. We live in a fallen world. The question is, is which direction is the problem coming from? Is the, is the problem with the mind or is the problem with the body? Is the body lying about reality or is the mind lying about reality? And what we're trying to say in Article 5 is that it's, it's the, if there's a disconnect, the problem is with the mind. So I don't ask the question, how do I know if I'm a man? And then answer that with, well, I think manly things or something like that. But I can literally look at my biology, my body, and see I'm a male. Therefore, my self-concept or my self-conception should be informed by my reproductive structures. Yeah, exactly. And, and you brought up the term there that we use in Article 5. These, we say these reproductive structures are integral to God's design for self-conception as male or female. And self-conception is just referring to how we think about ourselves. We, have, we deliberately avoided the term identity here. So we didn't say God's design for identity as male or female. Because um, when we were in Nashville, there were some folks who said, you know, that, that's a loaded term. And there, it's problematic. Are you talking about your own, like your self-identity or the way other people identify you? Or are you talking about socially constructed identities? And so to avoid the ambiguity, we eschewed the term identity throughout the affirmations and denials and used this term that we, we actually got from Alistair Roberts and something that he had written some years ago. And we used this term self-concept, which is how you construe yourself, what you think about yourself and affirm to be true about yourself. And we said that your body's organization for reproduction, your reproductive, reproductive structures are integral to how you should be thinking about yourself as male or female. I think that that should is important to see, you know, we intentionally use that word self-conception instead of something like more passive self-perception. This isn't just how you perceive yourself, but also how you, but, but rather how you are actively conceiving of yourself according to God's good design. So there's a activity involved here in self-conception. You know, I might perceive myself in all manner of ways that are wrong according to the world's ways, but I need my mind renewed by God's revelation and part of God's revelation, not only in the word, but in the world in the way that he made me. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's important to remember that when you talk about what a human being is, a person is a unity of body and soul. So we have two parts to us, a part that's physical and material and a part that's immaterial. Um, the Bible will talk about us having a body or having a soul, a spirit, a mind, you know, soul, spirit, mind. These are all immaterial aspects of the human person. And then you've got a, and it's organically connected to your body. Okay. So you've got this animating, you're, you're, you're an embodied soul. Okay. Um, th th that's what every person is. So you have to think of a unity of body and soul when you think about what, a person is now those two realities are you can distinguish them 
the, the immaterial part from the material part, but you can't separate them. Um, death will separate them, and it's a great calamity in the Bible that has to be overcome through resurrection. But you are your body and your soul. You're, you are both of those things. Well, what happens if your immaterial mind is bro so broken that it's not lining up? It, that that you're, you're experiencing what some people call gender dysphoria. How, how does your mind, is there a check for your mind? Well, the check is your body. If, if your mind is not you know, feeling and thinking the right things, um, your body is telling you exactly what um, God wants you to think about yourself. Even if you don't feel that or you feel some, somehow psychologically that connection to be broken. And so the way of discipleship for the person who's experiencing that kind of dysphoria is to, is to tell themselves, if, if they want to follow Jesus, um, they're, they're not going to start trying to change their body. What they're going to try to do is they're going to try to be conformed to um, the pattern that God has revealed in Scripture. They're going to have their minds transformed, right? And that means they're going to be changed in the way that they, they think. And there's enough in God's revelation, especially in the body's organization for reproduction, to tell you exactly what you should be thinking about yourself. And so the way of discipleship is to not believe what your mind is telling you when it's contradicting God's revelation, but to recognize that sometimes in a fallen world, you can feel things very deeply that are wrong. Yeah. And I think in our context right now, transgenderism seems to be one of the most pressing issues the church is, is facing. We should know that article five does have implications for even the the question about gay Christianity. So when Nashville Statement was re released in 2017, this was a, a large question that was facing the evangelical church. And I think this article addresses that too, that your, your self-conception, how you think of yourself, should be informed by your reproductive structures. To put it bluntly, your body is not gay. Your body is oriented in its reproductive structures toward the opposite sex, male to female, female to male. So that's part of how you conceive of yourself as part of God's good design is that you are oriented to the opposite sex. So therefore your sexuality, that sexual identity should not be a part of the core way you are conceiving of yourself as an image bearer. That's exactly right. And that brings us to the denial where we say in Article 5, we deny that physical anomalies or psychological conditions nullify the God-appointed link between biological sex and self-conception as male or female. Now, what we're trying to say there is that God has appointed there to be a link between how you think about yourself and what your body reveals, okay? Your body reveals male or female, that informs how you should think. If, if your body says male, you should think of yourself as male. You shouldn't think of yourself as female. Um, if your body is saying female, you shouldn't think of yourself as male. You should think of yourself as female. So no matter what brokenness you may experience, the appointed link, God designed for there to be a link between body and self-conception. And what we're saying in the denial is it doesn't matter what kind of physical anomaly you may have. And so you, you could have any of these um, conditions that fall under the umbrella term intersex. You could have a disorder of sexual development where your body is malformed. We're going to talk more about that next week. Um, but those physical anomalies do not erase the God-appointed link because still 
even though some things with people who, who are intersex, even though some things could be ambiguous to the naked eye, um, there are still indicators, even in their bodily brokenness, as to what they should be thinking of themselves as. Um, so no physical anomalies and no psychological conditions, meaning no dysphoria, no mental distress, nullifies the God-appointed link between biological sex and self-conception as male or female. So we're, we're trying to address both of those and to encourage folks to understand that, yes, we live in a fallen world. We all acknowledge that. That draws forth our compassion, our desire to want to care and to help other people to see the truth. But we don't change God's revelation to fit our broken minds. We change our broken minds to fit God's revelation. Really what we're pushing for is the historic Christian position on the psychosomatic unity, uh, what theologians call the psychosomatic unity. There was a, a great book that came out a number of years ago by Nancy Piercy. It was called Love Thy Body. And she went through and she showed how each uh, really presenting error in this realm for the church today is, is an error in that problem where there's a, a, a disconnect between how we're seeing our bodies and how we're thinking of ourselves as souls or, or minds or these psychological conditions. And that's what we're pushing for here in Article 5 is, no, you are an embodied soul. You say you're a psychosomatic unity. <laughs> there, there uh, that, it is. There, yeah. There's another way to say it, but you're, you're a soul-flesh unity. Uh, that, that's what all of us are. So, um, and it's not, you don't want to think of your soul as your true self and your body as your outward disposable self. A lot of people think that way. Right. But that's not the way that God made us. And we know that because of the creation accounts and because of his aim to resurrect his people. He's raising us up, body, soul, spirit, complete. So be male or be female, be a man, be a woman, according to God's good design in your bodily reproductive structures. Yes, understand correctly how God made you to be. Resources like the CBMW podcast are made possible by generous donations from listeners like you. Please consider giving at cbmw.org forward slash give. Thanks for listening.